Welcome to the podcast, From Our Home to Yours, with Nancy Campbell, founder and publisher of Above Rubies. It's where we learn to forgive in that home. Hello, ladies. Good to be with you again. A couple of weeks ago, I was speaking to you about a beautiful Hebrew word, It's one of the Hebrew words for dwell. I think I told you that the word dwell is used 468 times in the Bible. God loves the word dwell because he is a dwelling God. He loves to dwell in us and he loves to dwell in our homes. And uh, there are actually 31 different Hebrew words for that word dwell. And uh, one of them is nava. And I was talking to you about it and how it means, the full meaning of the word is to stay at home, to make your home lovely, pleasant, satisfying. It's a dwelling place. It's used of God's temple. It's used of homes for people and also homes for flocks and animals. It's just a word that describes home because God wants all his creation to live in a home. Now today, I'd like to take you to another scripture where this word is used. And it's in Psalm 68, verse 12. And I will have to do some explaining about it as we go along. But let me just read it to you. Kings of armies did flee apace. And she that tarried at home divided the spoil. The words that tarried at home in the Hebrew other word, it, it is the word nava, N-A-B-E-H. That word that talks about a home, meaning lovely, pleasant, satisfying. In fact, uh, one commentary of this scripture and this Hebrew word uh, says that it means the inhabitress of the home. When it says she that tarried at home, it means the inhabitress of the home, the one who inhabits the home. And this is a wonderful scripture because, dear ladies, we've got to get back to scripture to understand who we are as women and God's ultimate purpose for us. And we find God's truth for us all the way through the word of God. And here we pick up another scripture where it says, she, did you hear me say that word? She, she, okay, she. In my Bible, I have put a circle around it. You can do that in your Bible too because it doesn't say he that tarried at home, he that dwelt in the home. No, she that dwelt in the home. It is God's intention for the woman to dwell in the home. That's his plan. 
it's not his plan for the men to be dwelling at home raising the children although today we do have this happening and we even have it, have it happening amongst Christian people. I know many, and uh, they say to me, well, my um, husband, well, he can't earn as much as me. I can earn far more than him, so it only makes sense for him to stay home and look after the children while I go out to work and, and bring in the income. Now, that does sound very wise, sounds feasible, sounds with human wisdom, the best thing to do. But human wisdom is foolishness with God. He laughs at human wisdom, even if it just looks so good. In fact, that is how the devil tempted Eve in the very beginning. Do you remember in Genesis chapter 3? And uh, how did he tempt Eve? He knew he couldn't tempt her with anything evil. Goodness, here was a woman who walked with God every evening in the cool of the day. The end of the day, work was done, and God came and walked with them at that time and fellowship with them. How could someone like that be tempted by the devil? Well, the devil knows he can't tempt you with anything evil too. And so he will use good things, even things that may seem wise. Yes, they seem wise to the human mind. And so we read in chapter 3, and it says here, yes, that he, that he made the food so that she would see that it was good. Yes, that's the word good, and that it was pleasant, and it was to be desired to make one wise. All those things, oh, it looked good, it looked wise, and that's how she was tempted. Dear ladies, because something looks wise, and it may look the best thing, it doesn't mean to say it is the best thing because we either believe the word of God or we don't. We are either believers in his infallible, eternal word or we're not. I'm amazed how many times so many Christians, you'll speak the word to them and then they'll say, but, oh, da, 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 and just give their circumstances and what they think. And it's opposite to the word. And they think they're arguing with me. Oh, no, I just quoted the word. They don't even listen to it. And I believe we have to get back to the word. Everything I believe, everything I stake my life on, every principle I have in life, it's got to be backed by the word. And so here we have God's truth. She, that dwelt in the home. It's the mother dwelling in the home. That beautiful word, Nava. Okay, let's look a little bit more at the whole context of this scripture. And it's in the psalm, 
uh, Psalm 68, which is actually talking about victory over war. And these two, there's two scriptures that go together, and they tell a story. Let me read them to you. We'll go to verse 11 now. The Lord gave the word. Great was the company of those that published it. Kings of armies did flee apace, and she that tarried at home divided the spoil. All right, I'm reading King James. So let's unfold it a little more. The Lord gave the word. This is a word of truth that God gives. And then there were some people who published it. Great was the company. Now, my King James Bible, in the margin, it says, for the word company, it says it should be army. Army. Did you hear that? Army. Yes, and that is the exact Hebrew word. The Hebrew word is Saba, T-S-A-B-A. And it means literally a mass of persons especially organized for war, an army, battle, warfare, a huge host of warriors. That is the word. So it's talking about an army here. And then it goes on. Great, great, notice it was great, not little, Great was the army of those that published it. Now, in the Hebrew, the word that published it, the word basar, and it has a little bit more to it when you do the whole phrase, but that phrase is in the feminine plural. And most translations of the word of God translated the Lord gave the word. Great was the army of women who published it. So, dear ladies, this scripture is talking about us. It's talking about women. But do you notice it's also talking about an army? Yes, we are an army. Yes, we are not to be trifled with. We are an army. And then the next verse, of course, goes on about how the, the, um, another army was going out uh, to attack the enemy and, and they won the victory and all the kings flew away because uh, they were winning the victory. So we actually see here in these two scriptures Two different armies. Isn't that amazing? Now, the army that it's speaking about here, the women, in the next verse, it tells where the women are meant to be in the home. So we've got an army who is in the home and an army who goes out to fight the enemy. So we've got two armies here. So you've got this word, Saba, and actually there's also another word in the Bible that talks about us as women being an army. Did you know? 
This one is in Proverbs 31. We all know the scripture, Proverbs 31, verse 10. Who can find? A virtuous woman. For her price is far above rubies. Now that word virtuous in the Hebrew is the Hebrew word kayil, C-H-A-Y-I-L. And this word literally means a force, an army, virtuous, valiant, strength. Now, it's interesting, ladies, that this same word, kayil, is used to describe valiant men in the Bible. In First Chronicles 26, 7, we read about strong men. The word is kayil. We read about, in the next verse, able men. Same word, kayil. In First Samuel 31, 12, we read about valiant men. In First Second Chronicles 26, 12 and 13, we read about an army, Kayil, mighty men of valor, Kayil. And so it goes on. There's loads and loads of scriptures about valiant men, and it's all that word. And then we come to Proverbs 31.10. Who can find a virtuous woman? And it's still the word Kayil. An army. Oh my. But maybe the translators didn't really know how to translate it as that word for women. So they used virtuous women instead of valiant women. Because God wants us to be valiant women in our home. To be a mother in the home. Uh, Yes, the anointing of motherhood is an anointing of gentleness and nurturing and nourishing and caring and loving and protecting. But there's an also another aspect to mothering, and that is that valiant aspect of mothering, that watchdog-like spirit spirit, that thing that rises up in a mother to protect her child from evil, from danger, or for what is ever is happening. She will give her life to lay down uh, to save her child, and she will protect. She is like a lion, and uh, she's like a mother bear. Why do we say mother bear? Because a mother bear will fight to protect her little ones. And so, we have this gentle, beautiful, nurturing spirit. But we also have this fighting, valiant spirit to protect our children, our little ones, and our bigger ones, to protect them from evil. It's the same dichotomy we see in the life of Christ himself. We go to Revelation 5 and remember how John was so sad because there was no one worthy to um, to open the books and and uh, an angel came and said to John, "Don't worry, because the lion of the tribe of Judah will come. He will open the books. He is worthy." And so he looks, but instead of seeing the lion 
of the tribe of Judah. He sees a lamb slain from the foundation of the world. And so Christ is the lion. He is also the lamb. And so in motherhood, we are nurturers, but we are also valiant protectors. And so God calls us an army. Now, uh, what we can see another part of the story here. Uh, there was a, a word, the Lord gave the word. Maybe there were, that was the word, the enemy is coming. And uh, maybe the women had the responsible to, was responsibility to go out and pass it from home to home to tell the men, get ready for war. You've got to go out against the enemy. You've got to protect our city. You've got to protect our families. And so they took the word out because great was the army of women who proclaimed the news. And out they go to proclaim it and that army gets ready to go out to war. And so there's the army that goes out. But of course, there has to be an army at home. The homes have got to be protected. The women have got to take on even more responsibility because their men are out at war. And uh, that's greater responsibility for the woman. You know how it is when your husband is away. If your husband is in the military and he's had to go overseas, you feel the weight of all that you have to do on your own. Or your husband has to go away on business for a certain time. I mean, I, am, I said to my husband the other day, I said, oh, darling, you just have to stay around forever because if you, if you go away from me, if you, something happens to you, this house will just fall down around my ears because I am just so unpractical. I don't know how to fix anything, but my husband can fix anything. So when something goes wrong, he's there to fix it, and he's just there also as my protector. And uh, But if he's not here, well, what do I do? I've got to rise up. And so the women had even more responsibility, but they would not vacate their homes. They are there to protect their homes and, and to protect their children while their, their husbands are out. So this army, this is an army in the home. She that dwells in the home. Let's get it straight, dear ladies. Okay? But then, praise the Lord. They win the victory. Did you read it? Kings of armies flee. They flee. They flee. It's repeated twice because it was a great victory. And they won. So they come home now and they're bringing all the spoils and all the beautiful gold and silver and costly garments. And uh, the Bible says that they don't bring it home and just appoint, okay, wife, you can have this and you can have that. No, they bring home the spoils and they just lay it at the feet of the women. And it is the women who have the privilege to divide the spoil among themselves and among their children and among those who are needy. 
they are given that responsibility. You, you just see how beautiful it is. And, and uh, everyone has their part. And, and we are made to believe in this society today that the woman, she is at home with just this little, you know, in her four walls looking after her children. And no, she has a mighty, mighty task. And also, once again, she begins to proclaim because when they come home with the news, the women are out on the streets again with their timbrels and uh, singing the songs of victory as they did so much in the Bible. And uh, when they came through the Red Sea, Miriam went forth and danced with the timbrels and they all joined her in praise to God. And, and uh, remember when David slew Goliath and when he uh, won the battles over the Philistines and he'd come home and, and the, the ladies would come out of their homes with their tambourines and timbrels and they would sing Saul has slain his thousands, but David has slain his tens of thousands. And they would sing the victory songs. And so the men played their part in the war, in the battle of chasing the enemy. The women played their part on the home front. Amen. Are you getting the picture, dear precious ladies? But another thing we have to think about, and that is, no army can win a battle if they have deserters. Oh, well, they can get away with a few deserters. But imagine if more and more and more soldiers began to desert the army. In fact, we all know, especially in bygone times, my, if you deserted, you got shot. Now they don't do that, but they do have a very, um, you know, pretty serious punishment for deserting. Deserting is a very serious offense in the army. I was just checking it out on the internet recently and uh, I was reading all about it and uh, there's different aspects of desertion and I won't go through them all with you here but I got up to number five which is the desertion of abandoning watch or guard. And I thought, oh my, I better take notice of this one because this is one that God has mandated to us as women. He has made us to be the watchdogs of our homes. He has made us to guard and watch over our children's lives, not only physically, but mentally, emotionally, spiritually, we are to watch and guard them. And we're responsible for that. And uh, we can't do that effectively unless we are there in the home, watching over them. If we're out of the home, we can't be watching. We don't know what goes on. We've got to be there. There are women who will stay home with their little ones and even their little bigger ones. But then when their children are getting older, they think, oh, well, they're great. They can manage. They're on their own and they go off and out into the workforce. And uh, they don't realize this is such a very important time as well. 
Oh, I just remember the sad, sad story of a dear, dear, dear friend so close to me. Beautiful, beautiful mother. And uh, this mother was working. She didn't want to work. She, oh, she just wanted to be at home. She just had such a big mother heart. But she was under the illusion that she had to help her husband. And she helped her husband by going out to work. Um, but then she began to see it wasn't working. And she <coughs> began to become unwell. She was working about three jobs at once at one time. And uh, it, it, things were just getting worse and worse. And she was realizing more and more, too, that, okay, this wasn't right. She wasn't really a helper to her husband, uh, just going out, because she wasn't there in the home. She wasn't even there for him. She wasn't even there to prepare a meal for him. But then the clinch day came. One day, this dear friend came home to her unguarded home, a home where she wasn't there. She came home to find her teenage daughter in the shower with the neighbor next door. She was totally devastated. Devastated. She realized she could not stay away from her home a day longer. She gave in her notice. She came back home. She said, I'm not allowing this to happen to my younger children. You see, we have to be in the home, dear ladies. But as I read this number five, the uh, area of desertion on the watch, by the way, in um, Titus 2, 3 to 5, where it tells the older women to teach the younger women to uh, keep the home, uh, that word there is actually means to guard the home, to watch over the home, like the keeper of the castle who keeps the keys and will not allow any intruder in. It's a guarding watch. And then we also have that word in Proverbs 31, 27, where it says she, if you notice that word she again, so many times in Proverbs 31, she what she does, she looks well to the ways of her household and eats not the bread of idleness. Once again, it doesn't say he looks well to the ways of his household. No, that's not his job. His job is out there to earn the money, provide the money. Well, he may be doing uh, perhaps a, um, a job that he can do at home. That's, that's so great, but it's his work and he has to give his time to that. But it's the woman, the mother, who has given, been given the charge, the mandate to manage her home, to guard her home. And that word, she looks well to the ways of her household, is the exact same word, watchman, when it talks about watchmen on the walls or the watchman and you read about it many times in the bible look up the hebrew it's exactly the same word as she looks well to the ways of her household it's guarding 
And so, we have been given a mandate, a command, to guard our home, to guard our marriage, to guard the lives of our children, spirit, soul, and body. Now, this is what it says. Uh, it says here that uh, the accused is a member of a guard. Now, that's what we are, mothers. We are members of a watchdog, and we are on watch duty. We are on sentry duty, and we're an army, remember. Uh, he has absented himself or herself from this guard. Absented? Hey, isn't that amazing? So many women today are absenting themselves from their sentry duty, from their guard duty. They're leaving their home unguarded. The next one, the absence was without authority. Have they been to the one who gave them a mandate, the king of kings, written in his word? Have they got authority to leave their home unguarded? No, no, they have not. Then it says the accused intended to abandon his or her post. So many women today are abandoning dear Precious ladies, the actual word is deserter. We are an army. The sad thing, this powerful, powerful army in the home is weakening. There are hundreds, there are thousands and thousands of deserters. The enemy has deceived the minds of women. And he has wooed them out of the home to leave their homes unguarded, their precious children unguarded. Oh, yes, they can care for them. They can cook them meals. They can clothe them. They can do all that. There's far more. We are responsible to guard their minds and hearts and souls and spirits. And we have to be there. We are an army. We're a soldier against the enemy who comes in to intrude into our homes, who comes to want to take our children. He wants to get hold of them. He can't get hold of them when there is a praying mother, a guarding mother in the home. Dear precious, precious dear ladies, oh, I believe that in this hour there has to be a returning, a returning are returning to the home, back to our post, back to our sentry duty, back to our guarding the home. Because God wants an army, a powerful army, in the home as well as going out. There are two armies. You are part of the army that is at home. She that dwelt in the home. And all the word just gives all the blessings and all the responsibilities that she has in her post in the home. Let's embrace it. Will you do that today? Be encouraged. Dear Father, we come to you today in the name of Jesus. And we think, oh God, 
of this huge army that you have planned to be in the home because our nation is only as powerful as the home. It is only as powerful as the marriages and the home life. Oh God, we grieve at so many mothers who ha have been deserting. Many have been doing it willingly, but many, dear Father, they are doing it ignorantly. They're wanting to do the best. They're just following what others say. They think it looks good. But, oh God, just bring them back to your precious word, to your truth. Lord, to the vision that you have and that you planned right from the very beginning. You set it out. You showed the way. And, Lord, you created the home. You put the woman in the home. Lord, you want her to be a valiant soldier in the home. I pray that you'll bring back the women into the home. Bring back this mighty valiant force into the home. That we will raise up godly marriages and godly strong homes in this nation. For this is the only way that we can make a strong nation. Oh, God, I ask that you will do this, that you will bring this revival, oh, God. Lord, we think of the last words that you gave at the end of the Old Testament, that, Lord God, before that great day comes, that great, terrible day, that you will send the anointing of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers and the mothers back to their homes. Lord, not wooing them into the workforce, but back to their homes. Lord God, we pray that you will do this in the name of Jesus. Bless these precious mothers today in Jesus' name. Amen.